0: And I'm Sarah Elwood. We're the co-directors of the Relational Poverty Network, which is a collaboration among over 500 scholar activists and educators working on questions of impoverishment in the broadest sense. The network convenes conversations amongst people working in very different places around the globe in order to trouble taken for granted ideas about who is poor and why. And this podcast, titled New Poverty Politics for Changing Times, brings you a series of conversations between poverty scholars, activists, and educators. They think about how to keep questions of poverty and inequality front and center at a time when poverty is not part of the national conversation nearly enough. A foundational premise of the work is that poverty is always produced in relation to privilege and produced through multiple intersecting injustices. It's our hope that these conversations prompt you to think hard about questions of impoverishment and to collaborate with people who are working hard on these issues. Thanks for listening. Just starts by you introducing yourself to... Uh, the National uh, uh, poverty network uh, based at the University of Washington. Good. Just tell us um, a bit about yourself uh, your research interests and yeah. Uh, yeah
1: no I must uh, it's a pleasure Danford. so thank you for, first thank you for the opportunity to to talk about these issues. Um, I, I teach at the University of Os here in Durban uh, in development studies. But my background is in international relations, so it's in politics, actually. Um, development studies being a multidisciplinary field. I, I feel more at home doing what I'm doing now than what I studied. My frustration with international relations, and so, so that's why I, I switched and, and decided to do things that I think are useful and important for, for, for the people that I care about. Um In terms of my intellectual pursuits, I think they come from my upbringing, you know I was I was born in a small town uh, of Richmond in, in the province of KwaZulu Natal here in South Africa. And I yeah, I mean I was raised in a place where I was not supposed to, to live, you know because apartheid was a system designed, you know for, for somebody like me to fail. Know, it was engineered for a black child not to become a human being. So growing up in an area like that, where the schooling system was terrible, you know, and no plumbing of any sort, never mind electricity. You know, you walked long distances to go to, go to school. Um, sometimes the teachers were not there, you know, so that kind of environment sort of shapes you as a person if if you survive in that kind of context and you begin to see the world and you realize that you know, that kind of life was not actually an accident, you know, this was as you grow up and you read and you talk to other people you discover that this was meant to be you were meant, the reason why the situation was the way it was was because they were trying to produce out of you a drawer of water and a hewer of wood. Oh. Not a human being. Okay. Yeah? So 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 I, I grew up in a place like that. So my, my, my empathies are with people who who live in such circumstances. Uh, what Fanon calls the wretched of the earth. Yeah, okay. People who are at the bottom of the bottom. Um and so I think my intellectual interests have also followed the same the same route. My work on indigenous knowledges on forgotten knowledges, on forgotten plants. My research primarily is on uh, on food, on food politics in South Africa, especially with a focus on the forgotten plants. OK. Uh, indigenous plants that have been deemed inappropriate, deemed poor, deemed useless. By the national, the national discourse and, and national practice. So, so I've, I've begun. I began doing this research like five years ago, um, mm-hmm. travelling all over the, the province of KwaZulu Natal, looking at, looking at, in particular, a single farmer, an old woman who is now almost seventy, okay. who refuses to submit herself to the. Um, the pressures of the food system here that say that you have to purchase your food from a supermarket okay. you have to rely on uh, the corporate food system for your sustenance and she says no i am going to produce my own food okay. using plants that are indigenous that are more in, in that are more in in contact with nature uh, that are more actually healthier it turns out
0: yes you yes. know
1: so these plants are t- it turns out these plants are actually healthier for uh, the for the for the for the human body Yes. in terms of their nutritional content etc uh, etc et okay. so 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 that's 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 where my interest lies uh, okay in, in in the things that have been forgotten okay
0: yeah. um, <laughs> I think your your interests are, are well placed in um, this field that they they are analyzing at uh, the University of, uh, of, of Washington the issue of uh, critical poverty study. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, where they try to trace how you know uh, they use a Maxian uh, sort of tradition. To, okay. To explore how poverty is produced. Absolutely. How that poverty you know,
1: is not natural. Yeah, it's yeah. not natural. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: you you spoke of um, you growing up um, um in a system where people were you know produced to be wretched at the yeah, end of the day. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 you don't yeah. become a human. Um, um, you you live in a society where poverty is, is m- merely a construct and, and and it follows geographical and absolutely uh, and racial, racial lines, racial, racial boundaries exactly. as well. Yeah, um, yeah, maybe rural and uh, tradition, uh, um, uh, rural and urban, and um, white, uh, black, and and, and and everything. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, in that I'll start my my first question. Mm. Uh, they want to know, <coughs> since they are, because um, you, you talk of uh, uh, this participant that you've interviewed uh, for over a uh, stretch of years, yeah. uh, who, seem, who seem to resist um, the establishment, yeah, as yeah, they call it, yeah. so the main uh, purpose of this uh, project is uh, to analyze those sort of um, small resistance
1: yeah, yeah, to
0: yeah. Um, they call resistance to poverty Mm -hmm. but um, yours is I think it's it's a bit broader because you're not only resisting poverty but you're also resisting an establishment yeah um, uh, the way the society is set up Um, in in that regard what are priority research topics on impoverishment Uh, uh, if you think maybe in uh, the movement you know the the, the the bottom up movement against uh, poverty or or any forms of, of capitalist establishment. Yes.
1: Well, in our it has to be it has to be it has to be a, a, along the lines of race, and I would say in fact globally as well. I mean, even if you look at if you look at the food system, for example, and poverty in the U.S., for example, um, it, it, it 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 works along along racial paths, okay. right? Uh but people are not willing to it's a so it's a it's a bitter topic, the topic of race. Yeah. People don't want to engage Yeah, yeah, we sit it. on the edge when you talk of race. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Once you mention the word race, people feel very uncomfortable. Yes. As if you are the one who is causing trouble. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah I, I, I'm, I'm reading I'm reading I'm, I'm reading now some work by by it's just a powerful book by um, um, Robinson. Uh, C- 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 Cedric J. Robinson. Okay, he's one of the most ignored scholars, and I don't know why. Well, I do know why, because he touches on this topic of race quite vehemently, which, so
0: un- which is
1: very uncomfortable. Um, and and he shows that actually, you know, if one has to understand capitalism and how it produces poverty, you have to take race as your central point, as your as your central starting point. Why? Because for, in our context, for colonialism to emerge, for, he argues, for even capitalism to emerge, it had to produce its racial others. Yeah?
0: Of course, the othering. Exactly. The and, Orient.
1: Absolutely. Yes. And, and he goes back to say, even in in, 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 in England, before England colonized us, it created its racial others, the Irish, the Scots, etc., yeah. that were cast as as, as 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 subhuman racial others. So so he says he argues that this is at the heart of, of capitalism itself. So when slavery when slavery comes along, um, uh, when uh, you know cartel slavery comes comes along, chattel slavery comes along in, in the US. Um, when apartheid comes uh, emerges here this is not an accident you know so 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 we i, I would say that if we are to understand especially in the context of south africa if we are to begin to think seriously about about poverty and elimination of poverty we have to start by recognizing the racial, the racial nature racial. Of it. Yes. so so i'm always just astounded even our national statistics office uh, research uh, St- statistics South africa sometimes you, you really have to look hard to find data on, on the racial order of things. Yes. Things are, are, are written, you know, you find statistics that are just generic about the state of uh, poverty in South Africa. Um, and you, you don't find them making a concerted effort to say, look, among black, black Africans, here is the condition among white, uh, white South Africans, here is the situation. So I think there is a hesitancy to tackle head or head on yes. the, the question of race. Okay. Um, because in our context, we find it's at the heart of everything. Okay. A black household in South Africa, um, on average, earns about six times less than a, a white family okay. yeah, per household. Uh, this is just the nature of things. So you can't talk about poverty alleviation without talking about the, the, the race question in our yes. context. Okay. And I would say in, in many contexts also. In the US, I, I, I would argue this is the case. In the yes. UK, yeah, I would argue Zimbabwe, this is we, the case. We,
0: we, we, we attempted to address poverty yeah. by uh, redressing the imbalances. Exactly. Yeah. The racial imbalance. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Absolutely.
1: So, so for me, that, that would be one, one important one. And and the line to it also then is, what counts as knowledge? You know, whose knowledge okay. counts when okay. it comes to when it comes to um, dealing with questions of poverty? Whose knowledge do we really do we really take into account? Um, how do we, wh- 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 how do we, how do we think about the processing? The construction of poverty itself, because the, the woman that I'm talking about would argue that actually poverty is not lack of material things. Okay. Yeah. Poverty is not having knowledge. So she argues that you know we, we people are hungry because they they are, they are clueless. They don't have ideas. They don't have knowledge about what counts as food. <laughs> so if if you've bought into the bought into the national uh, uh, discourse that says imbuya, yeah, which is amaranth, is a weed. You are bound to be hungry because you don't know that this, this is food. Okay. So, so knowledge, I think, is also at at the, at the heart of things. What knowledge counts? Who who is in charge of counting what counts as as as, as, uh, as as poverty? Um, our almost all our research centers on food on food security in South Africa are run by white guys. Uh, if if you are lucky, it's gonna be a white woman. It's gonna be a white woman. Um, so so the, the production of knowledge around food security around it's poverty
0: also is line.
1: also along racial lines. Yes. So not only is it, is it is it is it poverty that is marked along racial lines, there is knowledge production also that is uh, that also follows the racial order of things. Okay. It's highly problematic. So I think these are things that we need to address okay. uh, in order to. Begin to have a, a, a serious conversation about about poverty and its manifestations. Okay. Otherwise, we are just scratching the surfaces, you know. So, I think those those for me would be key, two key points.
0: Okay. Um, let me go to the second question. You mentioned. Um, I keep uh, reverting back to uh, Yeah, she's the <laughs> center of my
1: of my of my
0: thoughts. Yes, I, she she's so inspiring yeah. In, yeah. in the sense that because um, the next question I'm gonna ask you is, mm. what should uh, pov- should poverty researchers uh, be collaborating with? Mm. You know, yeah. uh, in in producing that knowledge, yeah. that new understanding of poverty, mm. how poverty is produced, how people resist poverty. So um, I think, uh, not that I think I know yeah, Co- 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 yeah. is an important collaborator Absolutely. in your research. Absolutely. Yes.
1: So in order to, um, in order to perhaps resist this thinkification, as Fanon calls it, of the black. Uh, in particular, of, of people like Ko, who do not have formal education, but are otherwise very educated, yeah? Because we think that if somebody has a titular degree uh, from a university, a PhD, like you are obtaining, like I have obtained, yes. that allows us to speak with some authority. And and people like Koko, who have a lot of education, but don't have a degree, You know, it's not formal education that they have. So they tend to be shunned. So in order to, for me, it was very important that at the start of the research, I did not treat her as an interviewee, you know, as a farmer that I visit frequently to observe, yeah, the scientific gaze, as it were. Uh, to observe her and and record my observations of what she does but to actually bring her along as a researcher so to play my role in elevating her to what she already is so that she gets formal recognition yes so when we applied for uh, the grant from the national research foundation we decided that she was one, She was going to be one of the researchers okay. as a knowledge holder. Yes. And I, I must confess, I, I also, I, I do praise the National Research Foundation for that because they insisted, when it comes to indigenous knowledge, that you work with somebody who is regarded as a knowledge holder. Okay. So, so it was important for us to bring her in, not as a distant knowledge holder that we're going to interview and study and analyze, but somebody with whom we would co-produce uh, our, our knowledge. Okay. And so as a result of that, she has had platforms that I would humbly say she would not have had okay. if we had not taken this, this step. So we we go to conferences. We, I make sure that I invited to all kinds of places where there are civil society gatherings, um, where there are intellectual scholars who are meeting about about indigenous knowledge and indigenous food, so she's she's been able to get her voice heard in many places. She's we've organised radio interview radio interviews for her. She's been profiled in newspapers, in magazines, etc. I have taken my students there for her to lecture on permaculture, on indigenous food and indigenous knowledge, so so that. She also feels like her work is important, you know, uh, because her main concern is that people think she's just a gogo, a grandma. Yes. Uh, they don't take her seriously, you know. As I say, a prophet is never famous in her village. Yeah. Yes. So the local people just see a crazy woman who plants crazy plants. That, why would you grow these plants, gogo? You know. Um, could just go to the supermarket, supermarket yes. to buy a can of beans why are you why are you slaving away uh, growing these weird plants and weird fruit um, so she doesn't feel like she gets the recognition that she thinks she deserves but thanks to her affiliation, affiliation now with the university here she gets a platform that she does not get at home. Yes. So I think that is important. And so that kind of collaboration, where we break the disciplinary and the power boundaries, uh, between professor and farmer, you know? Yes. Uh, between a rural woman and an urban scholar, you yes. know? We need to, to go beyond these boundaries and and take people seriously, you know? And not just take people as, as, as empty, as empty containers upon upon uh, into into which we pour our knowledge yes. so 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 the, the importance of recognizing that kind of knowledge as knowledge and working hard to elevate it to 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 recognize to have it recognized i think is something really important because i don't think this this country is going to change unless we do so yes yeah
0: Yes. Okay. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, That's very informative. Um, I think um, you have partially answered uh, question three, but I'll just I'll just spell it out. Mm. What priority actions should be uh, should be uh, taken to resist exclusionary trends? Yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked you know, a whole lot of, uh, of issues like uh, you excluded in the knowledge space. Yeah. And you excluded yeah. economically, Absolution. politically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um a lot of people like social movements have taken root in South Africa mm-hmm. they've mm-hmm. tried uh, to Abashali Basem mm-hmm. yeah 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 and many other social Absolutely. movements they've tried to um sort of resist um, uh, these um, exclusionary um, um, uh, setups
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh do you think uh we we have a more action uh towards uh, resisting poverty towards re- resisting structural sure. racism mm or it's still a, a, a long
1: walk to freedom yeah no i would i would say that it's a long long walk to freedom that, that that requires a lot of humility i mean especially from us as scholars you know um a lot of movements in south africa have there are scholars who played a positive role in in, in 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 sustaining movements in supporting movements but i think for a lot of left progressive scholars they want to drive movements instead of assisting movements again it comes out of the it comes out of that the disdain yeah it comes out of that disdain that the university produces in our heads about the capabilities of the regular person. Yes. So you think because you are a professor of sociology at a university, then you have all the knowledge, your your Marxist, your Gramscian, your Pannonian, your all the isms, you think you need to then bring that to the movements and, and help them shape the agenda along yeah, the agenda. lines that that you have thought out at the university and you don't think that these people actually are thinkers in their own right okay. that they have their own principles they have their own processes that they have their own ideas about how how to change how to change the world so so the danger is that when we approach movements and uh, try to work with movements we don't do so with humility. We want to impose our agenda on on what people are doing. Um, instead of going there with humility and and and, 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 and uh, working together with uh, activists, um, letting the activists lead, not just not just the not not just the action, but also the, the, the thought processes, the theory, theory making. Yeah, about their condition. So I think a bit of humility is 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 important Uh, important. when working with with uh, we're talking about breaking the the barriers. Yeah, one has to do so with humility, not with a a lecturing mode. You know, to lecture to lecture the activists on what on on the steps towards revolution. I mean, I think it's highly problematic. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. My last question. It's, it's been it's been informative it's just, uh, we yeah. just picked everything yeah, a, yeah. a short space of time and um, um i'm really enjoying it um what are a priority keywords for critical poverty studies um, in any movement that um that is resisting um resisting poverty res- resisting uh the wretchedness mm. what are those um you know the key ways that you, When we talk of uh, critical, when we speak of critical uh, poverty studies, these words should just pop up. I think power.
1: I think power for me is at at the heart of it. Power is is one of the key words. Um, Yeah, who has the power to shape the agenda? Yeah? Who has the power to define? We don't define. Black people don't define. We get defined. Yeah?
0: Yes. Um, who has the power to name? <laughs> when well, you say black people <laughs> don't define, you get to be defined. Yeah. I'm reminded, because I'm looking at you. The books there, I'm yeah. reminded of Truman's speech. Mm. Exactly. That's He's when, the, that's yeah. when uh, we were constructed. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Power you write. Absolutely. Power.
1: Yeah, who gets to name? Um, who gets to call what, what? So, yeah, and, and who gets to call meetings? Who gets to study? Who gets to, um, to, uh, to chart the agenda going forward? So, for me, power is at the heart of it. If you, are not, if you are not aware of your power position, and you call yourself a poverty scholar, and you are not clear that you have enormous power, Uh, and that you are participating also yeah that you are also participating in the creation of the same thing that the existence of poverty for you is a career yeah, because if there was no poverty you would not be a poverty scholar so the existence of poverty actually sustains your career, it feeds your family you get to be the expert you get to be called upon to make comment on national public radio Uh, you get to write because you are the expert on on whatever issue when it comes to poverty, etc. So, so I think for me, power is at the heart of it. If you if you're not aware of your power position as a scholar of poverty, if you're not aware about how how power plays out, how power influences uh, what gets to be studied as, as poverty, um, yeah, then I, I don't think you are I don't think you are doing I don't think you are doing good work if you are not aware of the power dimension.
0: Yes.
1: Uh, yeah, people don't mention gender, etc uh, and race. The thing is with, with gender in, in our context, uh, this is going to be controversial.. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: in, in, in our context, I, I think gender has been used as a competing concept. Okay. with race. So we don't want to talk about race, and so we're going to talk about gender because it's easier to talk about gender. Yes. Well, it's not easy. It's easier than talking about race. Yes.
0: So. So we sort of use it as a scapegoat.
1: Yeah, we just use 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 use, use gender as a placeholder for everything. No. And 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 there are things that gender will help us understand, but there are things that gender they there are things that gender can carry, the category, the concept gender cannot carry. Um. Yeah, so I, I struggle with my students here all the time because I think they also find it easier to talk about the gender dimensions of poverty, the gender dimensions of economic uh, 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 economic problems in rural areas, for example. They don't want to talk about the racial dimensions of the same. It's, it's a thorny issue. It's a thorny issue. Yes. So. Yeah, I am mean, not I'm not saying that one does not need to take the gender dimension of the order of the world into into account. But I think in South Africa we are oppressed first and foremost as black people. The other categories follow. Yes. But primarily our oppression is racial racial oppression. So yeah, black women of course are are, 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 are struggle but they struggle because they are black women. The, the condition of black women, for example, in South Africa is diametrically opposed to the condition of white women. Yes. So so you can't just say gender, because not all women experience poverty in the same way. Yes. So the gender dimensions of things are important, the class dimensions of things are important, but the most important category is race. It's race. Yeah, because yes. even if you are rich black woman. You are gonna confront. You are gonna confront a lot of oppression yes. that derives from your, your your status as a as a as a, as a black woman. Yes. Um. And we see. I mean, we see this all over the world. We see it in the U.S. There, there, I know. I'm sure you've seen the, you've seen uh, Le, LeBron James. Uh, yes. And, and he struggled with some some anchor from Fox News. I don't forget his name. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's he's a rich guy. He's, he has all the money. But he's still a nigger, you know. That's basically that's basically the argument. He's still a nigger. He actually at his house spray painted with the n word, right? So so it doesn't matter, you know. You can you can make a lot of progress in terms of financial well being, but uh, the, in the system you're still a a in our context. Okay. Um, so so the the, the 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 ordering of life in terms of of race. We, I don't think we can escape from it, and to understand that race is at the heart of a lot of things. I mean, W.P. Du Bois was not wrong. He was writing about the last century, but I think his statement is eternal about how our century is ordered along racial lines. Our struggle is ordered along racial lines, and it's not a comfortable thing to say, but it needs to be said nonetheless. It needs to be said nonetheless. Africa's place in the world is where it is because of race. Uh, Black people, wherever they are in the world, no matter how well they do, they get conditioned, get oppressed, get limited uh, in terms of opportunity by virtue of 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 the color of the skin. So. Yeah, so I think for me those 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 keywords are, are, are quite important. But I would say at the top of it is power.
0: Yeah, it's power. Yeah, yeah. I like um, the ordering of, of yeah. life. Um, yeah. It sort of uh, takes our uh, borrows uh, from uh, Foucault's concept of the, the ordering of things. Mm. Like, uh, mm. Things are are uh, put in a hierarchy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, at the center of that is, is power. Absolutely. And. Um, in South Africa or in other Afri- African countries, it is it has been white power. It yeah. has been colonial power. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the power of apartheid and um, across um, uh, uh, the New World, like in America, it has um, it it is followed the similar. The pattern.
1: same, the same order, yes. the same order. Yes. I yes. mean, you see, and then again, in the Foucauldian sense, it's this power is everywhere, you know. As, 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 as black Africans, we get reminded every day. I mean, uh, my focus is on food studies. You pick a plate of food, you are reminded that you are still oppressed because uh, the plate is a an emblem of your oppression. What's on the plate is an emblem of your oppression. It's food that comes from elsewhere that was produced by other people using uh, 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 slave labor, you know, in the agricultural fields here. Um, yeah, uh, it's a diet that was manufactured elsewhere, the food that your ancestors, the healthy food that your ancestors used to eat is no longer there, yes. so, so you really are not free because in order to eat you have to go to the supermarket, you yes. have to buy food, you. you don't have land to produce food, yes. so, so the plate is a reminder on a daily basis yes. that you are not a free person, you can't be free if you can't produce your own food.
0: Yes, I I feel feel that in South Africa, yeah, when I'm in Zim, the the feeling is is different, because tomatoes, because we produce our own tomatoes, um, they tend to be cheaper. Last time I saw avocados, we're going for rand. I'm right like this is... I know, a, it's really sick. ridiculous, this ridiculous. Yes, ridiculous. Yeah. It's just too much, you yeah. know, it's something that uh, you can get for rand in, in Zimbabwe.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, the thing, here's the thing, here's the thing, if, if you have, if you have, um, if you are a farmer in anywhere in the, in, in the surrounds of Durban, and you have a lot of avocado trees, just a regular black farmer, to break into the food ch- into the, into the, into the into the supermarket chains, to get your product into the market, it's hard, it's very difficult. Um, so if you have your avocados and you're trying to sell your avocados, you're forced to sell them on the street. And the police are going to harass you on the street and say, uh-uh, you don't have a permit to sell your food here. So to actually produce yourself as a farmer here, it's, it's not impossible. Um, Because the barriers are so high, the conditions are so difficult. So, so that's why I'm saying. For me, you know, uh, the the politics of food and and what is on our plate is, 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 is emblematic of of our whole political and economic system. Of our lived experience. Of our lived experience. I mean, I drink, I drink wine, I love wine, but every time I drink a bottle of wine, I, I feel, I feel less. I, 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 I feel a palpitation, I get reminded, because I've seen what the wine farms look like in the Western Cape, yeah? Uh, the, the, the working conditions of people who work on the farms are terrible. Uh, the industry is this, uh, you sort of know you're drinking other people's blood, literally, you know? So, so that's, how, that's, that's what we have, that's the kind of system we have. And we, we have to call things by their name. And and not be shy to call things by the to call to call a spade a spade and say look the food system is a mess our economic system is a mess Um, and have the courage to 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 to, to state this explicitly and we are not going to be able to address poverty unless we address issues of land Uh, we are not going to be able to do the same unless we address issues of education. The distinctions between rural areas and, and the continued impoverishment of rural areas. If you look at our national budget, the amounts that go into improving rural infrastructure, the amounts that go into improving improving townships, etc. The, the, the amounts are minimal. Yes. But we pour money into all kinds of mega projects that really don't do much yes. for for the for the downtrodden of the earth. Um, yeah, so that's that's what I would say. I would say for me they, these are these are some of the things we need to think about. We are a poverty scholar.
0: Mm. i'll add another keyword yeah, yeah mm, i yeah. think humility you mentioned humility i think mm. humility Ubuntu yeah yeah,
1: yeah, it, yeah. it forces you mm. you know
0: self-criticism For sure uh yeah uh, you know introspection yeah. like, no, no When no. you drink you drinking wine um, yeah. And, you yeah, know,
1: yeah,
0: yeah yeah uh you you exist your existence is, uh, is suffering of, of of the other, of another of person. other person yeah, uh, yeah. elsewhere in, in in the western capes uh, vineyards, mm. I, I think it's Humility is if we have Ubuntu yeah, yeah, yeah. when you are conducting a, our research, yeah. uh, then yeah. um, I'm sure we can make a change. Yeah, ma- ma- maybe
1: us. say more for the benefit of people who are not familiar with the the concept of Ubuntu, maybe you need to say more about because I think that's a powerful that's a powerful conclusion of our conversation. Okay.
0: Maybe you say just say what what. Or oh, going to go to is, um, the existence of, yeah. of, of humanity. Uh, I I wouldn't want to sort of um, uh, contain it within the African context. Mm. I think uh, it's it, it stretches you know the, across the globe. Yeah. Uh, it it's it 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 mainly argues that um, you are what you are because of others. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. So if. Uh, you do good to others they will do good to you yeah. and um you are connected uh to to others uh through 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 your behavior through your your, your 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 humanity through your goodness so uh it's 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 more of you know having empathy towards um towards uh, uh humanity yeah. understanding as well Mm. understanding the understanding people's conditions yeah. uh, how it they connect back to you mm. um, I think it's also about helping each other yeah. without expecting anything in return mm. yes mm. Um, I think Ubuntu is it's a foundation of almost every region that you yeah. you find uh, uh, on this earth uh, you know do unto others what you like them to do unto you the golden principle yes, yeah the golden principle yeah. i think ubuntu is about that. but ubuntu also stretches um, not only to humans uh, a paper that i wrote the other time mm. i think it also goes to the environment as well yeah yeah uh, i always laugh when people try to teach africans about oh,
1: environmentalism uh, <laughs> about <laughs>
0: about taking care of the of the environment i mean ubuntu it's also about loving the environment, mm. knowing that it takes care of you, so you have to take care of it. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's, it's about um, telling yourself that your existence, you exist because of the mountains that surround you. Mm. You exist because of that little grasshopper that is walking <laughs> up and down. Yeah. Uh, so Ubuntu is, is all about, you know... That it's of
1: connectedness.
0: A, it's uh, empathy. Whether empathy towards human beings, towards animals, towards, uh, towards plants, um, that relationship that you have with plants even if people call you that you're crazy you, you're growing uh, Imboya yeah. what's the scientific name for Imboya? It's by just Amaranth Amaranth, Amaran, okay yeah, yeah. Uh, and you, you have that connection and yeah, and, and yeah. It, it, it gives you back that nutrition and you no. have this this um, intimate relationship yes.
1: As I, I'll tell you a funny story when I, I visited Kokoko some time ago and so talking about connectedness to environment, to the environment or environmental stewardship. So she, I, so we're walking around her, her little garden, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking her. I see a plant that I've not seen before. So I ask her what it is, and you know, why did she, why is she growing this particular plant? Where did she get it? She says, uh, I. Her response was, well, this little fellow. Talking about the plant. Yes. I rescued this little fellow uh, from a construction site. There, uh, there was a construction of a bridge nearby. So he says I saw I saw this little guy lying around uncomfortably after the tractors had had, um, had driven past, yes. and I felt sorry for him. I picked him up and I brought him home to give him sustenance here. Yes. I don't know. I don't know what what is. I don't know this plant. I don't know what its purpose is. Whether it's a medicinal plant, whether it's culinary. I rescued it. Yes. Huh? Yes. Uh, uh, rescuing a stranger, a total stranger, a total stranger species-wise. Yes. Yeah. But having that kind of empathy to nature, uh, having that kind of humility. Yes. To say maybe this this guy here could rescue rescue me one day, yes. and she said exactly that. She says, you know, I've had a lot of plants here that I just you know, I I, I just grew, yes. and I didn't know what they were, and uh, some guy from Zimbabwe was here the other day and he and told me what it is and yes. what it does, and yes. now I use it for exactly that, yes. you know, so it's that kind that kind of deep Religious. deep connectedness uh,
0: yes.
1: Yes. at a it's deeply spiritual level. Exactly. You know? Uh, so so yeah, no, it's, it's it's powerful to conclude like that. Oh, and, okay. and and then when it comes to poverty as well, I mean I think Ubuntu is you are absolutely right, is a key word. It's a key word because it the Ubuntu philosophy begins with unlike capitalism, which begins with scarcity as its yes. foundation. Yes. Ubuntu begins with plenitude.
0: Yes. That and, there's I enough abundance.
1: Abundance yes. There's enough. The Zulus have a beautiful saying uh, that says, yes. uh, meaning, children of the same womb, of the same mother, will share even a grasshopper's head. Yes. Yeah? Yes.
0: That's powerful. That's powerful.
1: Yes, that's powerful. So when people say there is resource scarcity, Ubuntu says, "What are you talking about?"
0: <laughs> <laughs> when I'm sending this audio, I will attach um, some, you know, some scans of, of, of your book uh, uh, to them, or I will just um, send in a, a link so maybe they can purchase the book on Okay, on the yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I'm sure they will be interested in learning more. I'm sure they 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 have. Some idea of what Ubuntu is. Yeah. Because in the, in the yeah.
1: yes. yeah. yes. if you, if you if you if you if you begin there and your purpose to, is to create a a, a a world that is more of an Ubuntu world. Yes. Then the kind of questions you are asking are different. Your research questions as a scholar are different. Yes. Yeah?
0: Yes.
1: You're not just describing things say there is inequality between the rich and the poor, you're not describing things anymore.
0: It becomes it become embedded, it becomes spiritual.
1: Yeah. Yes. It becomes deeply spiritual. Yes. And you you realise that that kind of inequality actually destabilizes humanity.
0: In many ways.
1: Yeah, you In can't have, you can't have a human you can't have a Ubuntu society with that kind of disorder, that kind of, of
0: inequality. Where, <laughs> that's why that's why I try to extend Ubuntu mm. uh, to <coughs> Ubuntu. I cannot say it's wholly African. I mean yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, It's I'm 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 sure if the Native All Americans, other, yeah, they've got other, the same uh, you know empathy towards absolutely. To, towards yeah, plants and yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah, no, you 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 have it all over the world. I mean, in, in South America they have buen vivir, Yeah. which when I've read about it, I've come to the conclusion that they're actually talking about ubuntu. This is what we call ubuntu: yeah. to live in concert with nature, to live in concert with with other fellow human beings, their racial skin tones notwithstanding, yeah. uh, their gender notwithstanding. Um, their age, their origins, their geographic positioning, their wealth, etc. You live with human beings and other entities and other species uh, with respect and humility and you understand that your place in the world is to create a, a, a world that is more in the fashion of Ubuntu. So it's. It's a powerful it's it's a really powerful way of thinking okay. about the world, yeah. So thank so,
0: you for oh thinking. so let's let me conclude yeah. And, uh, yeah. thank you so much no, for no, your it's time. Been my pleasure. Been my pleasure. Um I think uh, I've I've taken some rich information from you and uh, I I hope um, this information will be of use to me and to everyone if it's going to be shared to everyone who it
1: no it's been useful to me as well Danford because yes. You know, we we, we know as we as we talk and yes. as we relate. Um And I, I I I think the more we talk about these things, uh, the more we think about these things and act on them, uh, the better the world. So okay. so thank you for giving me the opportunity.
0: Okay. <laughs>